Need a few minutes to reset? Great Minds is a podcast from SBS that guides you through different meditation styles from around the world. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to SBS News. Hi, I'm Peggy Giacomelos, producer of the podcast miniseries In the Club. If you haven't done so already, you can listen to the four podcasts in the series at SBS News In Depth. That's In the Club at SBS News In Depth or wherever you get your podcasts. And there are some added extras, including this interview with former Deakin University academic and sport historian Roy Hay. In this interview, he talks about the long connection between ethnic clubs and the development of football in Australia. Interesting thing was that in the post-war period you got various groups of migrants who formed clubs based really on their heritage rather than the um, suburb or town on which they um, landed in Australia. And uh, that was something that goes back as far as the 1880s because the, um, some of the clubs that were formed at that time had names that related to their heritage. So the Scots and the Northern English were the first cl- um, groups who formed clubs with that background. But really the explosion, you could say, of um, development of the game in the post-war period was very much linked to the successive waves of migration we had from um, traditional sources like the United Kingdom, but added to by um, groups from continental Europe. Many of these clubs are now better known as licensed venues with football no longer a prominent part. How common has that evolution been? Well, the clubs were hugely successful in something that they, didn't, they weren't set up to do, which was to convert the European migrants into Australians. And so in many cases, um, you know, I would say a sensible migrant to Australia would get himself, because there were many of them were young men, get himself a job and then a house, and then uh, probably look around for an activity. Um, But in fact, what happened was many of these migrants arrived, and within a week or so of arrival, they were at the local soccer club, because that was where they could meet people who spoke the same language, had many similar interests. And it often was the soccer club that got them the job, the house, and sometimes even the family as well. And ethnicity became an issue in recent years for the football clubs in terms of participating in the A-League. Can you briefly touch on that? Well, what happened was that um, some of uh, the clubs retained that ethnic heritage fairly strongly. And the feeling was in uh, the wider community that this turned people off um, the sport. So there was a deliberate attempt to, if you like, mainstream uh, the the sport of soccer. 
And that happened as a result of government intervention and a major report conducted into the the, uh, history of the game by uh, David Crawford. And as a result, we moved away from that basis of clubs being based on ethnicity and heritage to a, a model for really one club per city and a, a very limited number of clubs. We started with eight and then ten uh, and then has gradually crept up uh, in recent times. And uh, the whole idea is that these clubs would then generate their own wider support in the Australian community and this is what has happened and of course some of the heritage clubs now feel that they've been uh, left behind and it's extremely difficult for clubs that were powerful and successful like um, Sydney Olympic, uh, Marconi, uh, South Melbourne Hellas, uh, Melbourne Croatia, Sydney Croatia and so on to find their way back into the top league uh, as it's presently constituted. Beyond football and now that a lot of the migrant communities are well established, what do you think the future holds for a lot of these venues? Are they likely to survive? They they do and they have done so to a, a much greater extent than perhaps the current organisers of the game in Australia Uh, have allowed. I I think the next um, decade is going to be fascinating because I think if we are a mature multicultural society then we have to uh, absorb and and accept that not all people will be identical in Australia. They will have differences and these differences can be accommodated. So I can see in future a broadening of uh, the competition to absorb some of these heritage clubs. But it'll be difficult and there will be problems, but I think they are manageable. And on the topic of heritage, do you think the physical buildings and grounds that these clubs occupy or once occupied should be officially recognised? They are indeed I I am partially responsible for putting Waverley Park, which was a footy ground, on the heritage register because it was so much a part of the footy heritage in Australia. And similarly, grounds like uh, Lakeside in Melbourne or the Marconi Stadium in Sydney... Uh, These are part of our national heritage and should be recognised as such. That's sport historian Roy Hay and you can catch all the episodes of the podcast series In the Club wherever you get your podcasts. Peggy Giacomelos, SBS News.